0: Hi, welcome to AmuseBouche Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Jordan. Joining me today is Sarah McHenry, a friend of mine. She's a project manager for Make That Thing, a comedy writer, and an avid home baker.
1: Say hi. Hello. So what did you eat this week, Sarah? Well, uh, yesterday I baked some chocolate crinkle cookies for my friend's birthday, uh, and I think they came out really good. Um, What else did I eat this week? Let's see. Uh, Earlier this week, I made... This thing that Tom and I, like my husband and I like to make in the winter where it's just like a pile of root vegetables and you roast it with um, balsamic vinegar and maple syrup. That
0: sounds amazing. It's
1: real good. Yeah. It's like carrots, onions, potatoes, sweet potatoes. And then we get um, fake Italian sausage to put in Ooh. The like uh, smart. Yeah. Whatever brand it is. Yeah. Um, And then you just roast it for a long time and put a bunch of garlic in, obviously. Um, And that's like chopped garlic or like whole clove garlic? Whole cloves. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, Because it has to roast for like 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So the garlic gets really soft. And that's a really good like stick to your ribs winter food, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: I think any kind of roasted anything. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I did earlier this year, like when it was winter in like January, February, was like maple syrup or like honey carrots. So it was, it was kind of oh, the same yeah, idea, but yeah. it was just carrots. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it was divine. I love when you take something that's kind of healthy like carrots and then you just make them super
1: unhealthy by <laughs> adding something really sweet on top of them. Well, but it's also, it's not that much sweetness, really. Because mm-hmm. the, the sauce or whatever you call it that I made, it's like half maple syrup, or it's like two parts maple syrup, one part balsamic and olive oil. But, you know, you have a huge pan of vegetables. Yeah, it's
0: not like yeah. pancakes. Right, yeah. It's exactly. probably the equivalent amount that you would put on one thing of pancakes. Right.
1: Uh, yeah, I have this Mark Bittman recipe for balsamic glazed carrots. Oh, man. Where it's like butter and balsamic um, on the stovetop and you just let it reduce and the carrots get all soft and mm-hmm. sweet. It's so good.
0: I have a Brussels sprouts recipe that I really like that's roasted Brussels sprouts and... I think onion and a couple other things, but then you make like a balsamic vinaigrette to go Mm -hmm. on top of it with like dried cranberries and like pistachios and stuff like that. It's really good. That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. Uh, I make a pizza with uh, caramelized red onions with, you put in a little bit of balsamic at the end. Mm -hmm. And so you put like the dough, the onions, the cheese, and then Brussels sprouts on top.
0: Ooh, It's
1: really good. I love Brussels sprouts. Me too. I think they're the best. (laughs) They're so good.
0: I love them raw, too. I think on Jesse's episode, we talked about eating them raw, how, like, I much prefer them to, like, most green vegetables. Like, huh. They're, like, I find, like, the flavor of them is really mild compared to, like, lettuce or something. If you literally just chop up Brussels sprouts and throw them
1: in, like, a, a bowl with some salad toppings, it's, like, really good. Huh. I never eat them raw, but I pretty much only eat them in winter when you want them cooked anyway. Yeah, exactly. What do you think is the vegetable with the biggest... Difference between how it tastes raw versus cooked.
0: Oh gosh. um.
1: Or let me rephrase that: that gets that goes from really gross raw to really good cooked. I think eggplant's probably on <laughs> the <That up. is laughs> yes. Eggplant is so gross raw. When I'm cutting it up, I'm like grossed out by it. Oh
0: man, I hate the smell. Yeah, I do. I love like an eggplant parmesan. Like I like eggplant, but I yeah. understand why lots of people do not like eggplant. Like right. I completely am. Like I 100%
1: understand where you're coming from. And cooked, it's so good. Yeah, it's like we have, I make this baked ziti with roasted eggplant. It's an America's Test Kitchen recipe, and it's so good. But like cutting up the raw eggplant is just nasty.
0: Yeah, it's so weird that like it's, it's so spongy. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I I totally understand. I feel like um mushrooms are kind of weird. Like cooked mm-hmm. mushrooms are super different from like raw mm-hmm. mushrooms, mm-hmm. and I like I like them both ways. Like I love like just biting into a raw like button mushroom. But I also really love sautéed mushrooms, but I can see why some... Like, I have friends who will only eat them raw, or I have friends that
1: will only eat them cooked. I generally don't like them raw. Like, if it's in a salad, I won't pick it out or whatever, but it's... I don't think they taste like anything.
0: I I think that's true.
1: Yeah. They mostly just
0: kind of smell like dirt. Yes. And I I kind of like that because... Okay, so I have like a history of anemia and so a lot of things that just smell like dirt are really appealing to me because my body's like, "Oh, you're craving those nutrients. That's going to smell really good. You want to eat that." Like pica sort of. Yeah, like yeah. exactly like that, but like with mushrooms obviously. It's it's a thing I can eat. But like right. that's why I was like I'm like, "Oh man, these just smell like dirt. I'm so excited to eat these." It's really weird.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I um I used to like eating at Potbelly. Oh, I love uh, Potbelly. When I ate meat. And now that I don't, like, the like one of the things you can get on a non-meat sandwich there is mushrooms, but they're raw.
0: Oh, I've had them cooked. Really? Yeah, I've had, like, their veggie sandwich. Like, uh-huh. they have, like, a melt one, but they're definitely, like, cooked
1: mushrooms. Or maybe mm-hmm. they get cooked as they toast it. Mm, maybe. maybe. And maybe it's changed, because mm-hmm. I haven't been there in so long, because, like... Like, oh, bread and cheese and raw mushrooms is not really a sandwich. <laughs> I,
0: they're like a Chicago chain, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I really like pot bellies. We've been getting them a lot at work um, because they're close by and they're really affordable. Mm-hmm. They have a really good macaroni and cheese. Like really? Like, plain, just plain. Like, they also have, like, buffalo mac and a bunch of other things that you can mm-hmm. add to it. But, like, their plain macaroni and cheese is really good. Like, it's not, like, the best I've ever had or anything. But mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the price point yeah i've been really impressed by their macaroni and
1: cheese Oh, huh, it's not just Velveeta or like... i mean
0: i'm not a big fan of velveeta it's super creamy mm-hmm. i mean again like most places just serve craft right so it's a, it's much better than that it's like yeah. the bar is set much higher
1: yeah all right so you said you made crinkle cookies i did have you ever made those before i have yes okay so something i started doing and i recommend this to anyone is uh, a few years ago, I'm, I used to be really precious about books, but I write in my cookbooks now. Oh. And I, especially I have, as we were talking about before we started recording, the King Arthur Flower Cookie Companion. It's an extremely legit, like, 600-page cookie cookbook. And, um, and the pages aren't glossy, so it's really easy to write on. And what I do is, when I make something, I just put the date I made it, who I made it for, if they liked it, and what I would change next time. That's so
0: cool. Yeah. Just, like, on the extra blank space. Yeah.
1: So, like, I made these um, for my friend Adelaide's birthday last year, and she loved them, so I wrote in the margin, let's see, where is it, made such and such date for Adelaide's birthday, rave reviews, they disappeared quickly, you know, blah, blah, blah.
0: That's so smart.
1: And then... Yeah, and it just is very helpful then, and so then, and for for this same friend Adelaide, I, um, for her her and her wife's wedding, uh, they had instead of a cake, they had everyone well, not everyone, but anyone who wanted to bring cookies, and they had like a cookie buffet. I love that. Which, first of all, right? Um, I
0: I, I'm not a cake fan. Uh huh.
1: But I like I
0: I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I think cookies are my number one favorite thing to bake, Mm -hmm. more than anything else. Absolutely. Yeah, I. And not even that I think they're, like, superior in any way. I just love them so much. I like that they're bite-sized. I like
1: that they're, like, one single serving. I like mm-hmm. that I can have, like, ten of them. Mm-hmm. And that when while you're making it, you can taste it. Yes. Like, well once you've made a cake, you can't cut into it if you're taking it to someone's house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Plus, I feel like each cookie has all the parts in it, as opposed to a cake where I'm like, you're supposed to have a piece of this and a piece of that. Yeah. You have to eat, like, the whole slice to really get an idea of the whole experience. Yeah, yeah. But with a cookie, it's all right there. Yeah. That's really smart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the, the wedding cookies, yeah. So I started calling them Beck and Adelaide's Wedding Cookies because the, the book that it comes in, their name is, like, brown butter almond – I don't know, they have some boring name. So now uh-huh. I just call them Beck and Adelaide's Wedding Cookies. And, um – I make them at Christmas now because my family really likes them. And actually, last night, uh, Tony Breed Mm -hmm. told me, he's like, my in-laws are in town, and they asked me if I had any more of those good cookies they had last year. (laughs) And I was like, okay, when are they going back? And he said they're leaving tomorrow. And I was like, okay, well, it's too late. (laughs) If I'd known, I would have made some. And my nephew requested them for Christmas, actually. So I'll be making some of those this week. Well, okay, so
0: are there certain cookies that you always make during the holidays? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. what are they so it's those these brown butter like well it's from this i brought the book this gourmet cookbook that's they um picked one cookie recipe from every year that the magazine existed oh cool so this one is from like 1960 i want to say and it's a very simple recipe it's just you brown the butter you put in sugar vanilla vanilla So you have to let it sit with a vanilla bean Mm -hmm. and um you know a couple other things and then you smoosh them flat. They're real little. And you put half an almond on top of each one. Oh, um, I think you've told me about these before. These these sound vaguely familiar. They're so good. And my nephew loves them. Um, and then I make a salty oatmeal cookie. Oh, I love
0: oatmeal cookies.
1: And I usually make something with cardamom. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Martha Stewart recipe for like rollout cookies that have cardamom. And I make them really little. I have these like, mini cutters. Mm-hmm. Um, but then last year I started also making these ones. That you make them in the same manner as a snickerdoodle. It's like finely chopped almonds and, and cardamom and everything, but then you roll it in cinnamon sugar and bake it. Those are really good. <laughs> but I think cardamom is a really good like Christmas spice. I don't you know?
0: know if I've had any cardamom cookies.
1: <laughs> the face <remains. laughs> well, uh, you're making. Well, you need to come to my house and meet my cats anyway. Yes, but I true. will remember... In addition to making notes in cookbooks, I also have a spreadsheet. Oh, good. Of all my friends and, like, what their favorites are and if they have any allergies.
0: Oh, Jesse Zabarski has a very similar spreadsheet. Really? Of, of people's allergies, yes, yes. Or, like, things they just don't like to eat. Right. Which, like, I'm like, oh, I should start one of these. But I'm also kind of like, oh, I'll just ask Jesse if I can <laughs> <have hers." laughs> Because we have most of the same friends. Uh-huh. I need to do that, though. But I'm usually... Pretty good about just remembering on the fly.
1: Uh-huh. Usually
0: just, like, make everything de- vegetarian by default. Uh-huh. And then go from there.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like, only in the past few years I've met some people with, like, citrus allergies. Oh, yeah. Or stone fruit. Or things that I didn't even know you could be allergic to. I guess it doesn't come up that often. Yeah. Yeah, and then you'll see that some this cookbook has little post-it notes. because. Yeah, I didn't notice that. So we have friends that um, do a board game night once a month and so it's always like well Sarah will bring cookies and one time we had them over and I said pick out things you want me to make like in the future and like mark them down because like for me I love baking but I pretty much only do it if I'm going to share it with someone oh same um well half same (laughs) yeah mostly yeah yeah it's like my two times I generally bake are to share it with someone or if it's just for me and Tom it has to be like a celebration or something you Mm -hmm. know Um, I have this, uh, Joy the Baker underbaked skillet cookie that you make in a cast iron skillet and that's his favorite. So like, is it a chocolate chip cookie? Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) my husband and I went to high school together. Uh, we didn't start dating until later, but our high school cafeteria served these cookies that were like. Probably six inches in diameter, but maybe less than a centimeter thick. Do you know the type of cookie i know exactly about? the type of cookie you're talking about. And Were it ca- they
0: served in like a French fry sleeve?
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. It came in this like wax paper thing that said mmm cookie on it. So we call it the mmm cookie. And it was Tom's favorite. It was always like a little like Super soft in the, in the middle. middle and a little bit crispy on the outside. And I have been chasing figuring out how to make an mmm cookie for years. Because the chocolate chips have to be really small. They're very tiny. Yeah. And the skillet cookie, while not close to it in size or shape, it come, like approximates the spirit of it the most because uh-huh. it's really soft in the middle, and it's like almost cake-like in its um, texture, and, and yeah. And then there's the brown butter chocolate chip cookies from Serious Eats, which I make every year when he runs the marathon. <laughs> uh, Does he do that
0: twice a year or just once
1: a year? Just once. Okay. Yeah. And those are good, but those are a lot of work because again, you have to brown the butter and you have to make the dough two days in advance. And I'm not good at doing things yeah, ahead same. of time. But when it's like the marathon, it's like I know, make it Friday so that I can bake them Sunday. And those ones are really good too, but they don't have that same gooey middle part.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you make brownies and stuff too? Do you no. brownie maker.
1: The, the thing is with Christmas, my family, my mom and sister are both allergic to chocolate. Oh no! I know, and. I kind of used to be, and I'm not really anymore, which is weird. Like it gives them migraine headaches, and oh, I don't. Okay. I don't get migraines, but I used to get bad headaches if I ate chocolate. But since I turned like I don't know 25, it kind of doesn't happen anymore. I can tell if like if I have PMS or if I already have a headache or if I'm hungover. I can kind of tell, you know, and I'm like better not. But Mm -hmm. most days I can have chocolate. So that's why it's always, like, oatmeal cookies and butter cookies and stuff for my family. Because I'm not going to bring something to my sister's house she can't eat.
0: That's so interesting because I was, like, thinking about the kind of cookies that we always made. And, like, my family is, like, just just chocoholics. Like, Uh if there was a dessert, 95% of the time it was a chocolate dessert. Mm -hmm. The other 5%, maybe it was, like, a plain pound cake or, like banana cream pie or Mm -hmm. well no not banana cream pie banana pudding specifically my mother would correct me Uh my mom makes banana pudding from scratch with like vanilla wafers and all that it's very good good. yeah um but it's like always chocolate and the cookies that i make all the time are like the world peace cookies and the brownie rollout cookies and chocolate chip cookies and i make a lot of brownies and a lot of chocolate cake Uh (laughs) uh-huh and i pretty much will only bake chocolate stuff like Mm -hmm. ever because that's all i ever want to eat And so that's just like, I I also know somebody who's allergic to chocolate, and that just sounds like, I'm also someone who gets migraine headaches, but Mm -hmm. chocolate, thankfully for me, is not a huge trigger. I think also because I eat a lot of dark chocolate, Mm -hmm. and I know that sugar for me, if I have a lot of sugar, that can be a trigger, but the chocolate, per se, isn't a trigger. Mm -hmm. But, man, I feel very badly. But that does explain, like, because I was going to ask you, because you tend to focus on a lot, you you mentioned snickerdoodles and oatmeal, and I was like, I wonder... Do you just really like those flavors or is there a reason?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, that's just, yeah, what I grew up around. And I also feel that with chocolate, I can only eat so much of it. Like making these crinkle cookies, I, you know, you have to taste the dough because like mm-hmm. you have to, and I will find myself like, this makes me sound like a glutton, but like getting sick on the dough. Like, oh, I, will, I, do that. I will feel nasty and I don't get that way as much with other types of mm-hmm. things And I like, I like a cookie I can eat five of, you know, and this goes back to the thing we were talking about earlier, my philosophy about it shouldn't be too sweet. I like a cookie you can kind of call breakfast if you have it with coffee, Mm -hmm. you know, is my thing. Like these, the salty oatmeal ones I make are not very sweet and they're just, yeah, they're hearty, you know. It's like the same
0: thing as like a pastry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't want dessert for breakfast. I don't really think of cookies as dessert. I think of them as like a snack.
0: I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um. I made some rollout cookies today that were like Christmas shapes. Mm-hmm. And I was showing them, I was in like a Google hangout with some friends and they're like, oh, are you going to ice those? And I was like, no, <laughs> because I do not like icing because it's just sugar. Mm-hmm. I don't like frosting really, unless it's like peanut butter frosting or cream cheese frosting. I'm mm-hmm. not a fan. Yeah. Like I like things to be salty and sweet if it's just sweet, sweet, like, like a regular buttercream is like too i don't like it yeah it, yeah it, one the palate it feels weird in my mouth it's too mm-hmm. buttery but also it's just like sugar mm-hmm. i don't like cotton candy like all this stuff that's like just yeah. sugar i'm not a fan of but i'm like totally with you where i don't want them to be that sweet which i think is another reason why i gravitate towards like the really dark chocolate cookies right it's because they're
1: kind of bitter too yeah especially if you add like some coffee to it mm-hmm. yeah have you made the dory greenspan chocolate cayenne shortbread
0: no, but I saw them in the book, and I uh-huh. was like, yes, I will make these.
1: <laughs> they are so good. And they're ones where I can eat – oh, my God. I just will never stop eating them. Like if I, I make them really, really tiny, mm-hmm. um, and they are so good. And they're really pretty if you have um, – because you put a sprinkle of salt on top, and if you have pink Himalayan salt, Ooh. it looks like beautiful. But, yeah, I have this recipe for these pumpkin spice latte cookies mm-hmm. where it's like it's, there's some pumpkin puree and, you know, like – pumpkin pie spices and then espresso powder and the recipe calls for a glaze and i just always leave it off because they're perfect how they are they have just a little bite of salt the glaze would be too much i think in general decorated cookies are bullshit they usually don't taste they don't they they, they, they don't
0: taste good i'm not a sugar cookie fan
1: they're boring They're single note is what they are yeah they're just
0: sugar Like I love a shortbread. Mm -hmm. Like shortbread, I feel like is almost like the perfect cookie for me Mm because one, you can do so many things with it. But two, like texturally, like melt in your mouth. You could eat a bunch of them. Uh, Shortbread are just so good. But I do see how like they could be that also. But Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about them between them and and sugar cookies. That's the difference. But I could eat a million shortbread. Also,
1: yeah. Well, I have this Martha Stewart cookies cookbook, which is like a little bit bullshit because major side eye to any baking book that doesn't have weights. (laughs) Also, a lot of her cookie recipes don't have any salt in them. Mm. Come on, Martha. But it's organized by texture, which I think is really interesting. That is. And shortbread, like, it was a while before I heard the word sandy to describe how. Oh, they're
0: definitely sandy. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, oh, that's what I want. I want to eat a mouthful of sand. (laughs) Yes, I want sandy cookies. (laughs) Yeah. That
0: is so true. I love a sandy cookie. I think also. Um, that was one of my favorite like, Girl Scout cookies growing oh, up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's like it's like peanut butter patties and Thin Mints and Caramel Delights and then shortbread and all the other ones are bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but something about those, especially in like coffee, mm-hmm. those Girl Scout shortbreads, just yep. so good. And they kind of like, because those ones weren't super sandy, but they kind of melted on your tongue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were so beautiful.
1: I mean, they're still around, but right. <laughs> I just haven't had them in a long time. Yeah. Woo. There was something else I was going to say about cookie textures before we moved on, and now I don't remember what it was. Is there a cookie texture you hate? Crunchy is okay, but it's probably my least favorite. Crunchy, like what? What do you mean by crunchy? Like uh, like some people like their chocolate chip cookies to be like crisp, like you could balance it on the edge of a cup. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm just not as into it. Oh, I remembered the thing I was going to say is that last year... Um, I was sending a box of cookies to my brother in law for Christmas and I asked what he wanted, and he said sugar cookies. But have you used the uh, King Arthur Fiori di Sicilia? Mm-mm. It's this extract that's like vanilla, lemon, and orange. That sounds great. Yeah. A sugar cookie with lemon in it takes it from boring to good. I think lemon makes pretty much anything better. Yeah, absolutely. And I made those and I was like, oh, these are really good. Do you remember the... I don't know if you ever had the Archway sugar cookies. They're like really big and they come in like... Like, they, the, they're they stacked in a plastic thing with, like, a, a cellophane package around it well, at the vaguely store. familiar. Yeah, and they have that smell. They have that lemon extract smell. And I never fully knew that that's what it was, but, but then I made these cookies, and I was like, oh, my God, it tastes like those Archway cookies. So then I feel like... I, I get that, you mm-hmm. know? But, like, when somebody brings you, like, a cookie plate, and there's, like, the tree and the bell and the star, and they're all just sugar, and it's like...
0: And even then, like I'd much rather have the plain sugar than the icing mm-hmm. on
1: top. Sugar sprinkles are good, like the colored sugar.
0: Like really? I'm not a big fan of
1: sprinkles. I'd oh. rather it
0: be like salt. That's fair. Much rather have salt sprinkles on top. I just want everything to be like t- twice as salty as it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got my dad for Christmas. I got him one of those Himalayan salt blocks that you Ooh, like cook uh-huh. things on, and uh-huh. I got him a cookbook and like a cleaner and everything. Not because he asked for it. I just like looked at it and was like. I think he'd like this, and also it just seemed really cool, and I want to try it out when I visit, but, like, I got them Blue Apron last year for Christmas, and they were super duper into that, and they were like, oh, we've been much more adventurous with cooking, and my dad's super into grilling and stuff like that, so I was like, maybe he would like this thing, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm also, like, I I flipped through the cookbook, and it's like, it's definitely nothing my dad would ever make, but I'm going to give it to him anyway, Uh but I'm also like, maybe he'll let me have this eventually, (laughs) like, he'll be like, here, take this cookbook, (laughs) but it's like, there's like a Parmesan- ice cream in it. Like super weird salty sweet combinations and I love that stuff. Like yeah. I love things that like you're
1: not quite sure if they're a dessert or a savory dish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my father-in-law is diabetic mm-hmm. and he's had to get creative with desserts, mm-hmm. you know. And a few years ago he got a smoker, like a mm-hmm. backyard like one of those ones that's like a little closet, you know. And he so first of all he'll make smoked cheese, which is amazing and different smoked vegetables. But then like, so I got him this smoker cookbook that has desserts and there's one where you just like smoke whole peaches. I was literally
0: gonna say that I smoked peaches would be really good. Yeah. Oh man.
1: That's the kind of thing that's like, you wouldn't, I wouldn't just come up with that on my own but I would eat it all day long. Yeah, smoked
0: peaches, man. Yeah, that sounds amazing. It kind of reminds me too of like, it's not the same thing, but like people who put like cheese on their apple pie. Uh Mm-hmm. which I we didn't grow up doing but I know lots of people do that.
1: Yeah, I didn't grow up doing it either but I've I've gotten really into the cheddar apple combination. I actually on so we're going to my family's to my sister's house for Christmas Eve and we stay the night there and then come home Christmas Day. But I'm making the Smitten Kitchen um, apple cheddar scones to have Christmas Ooh. Eve morning. They're so good. Cuz it just gives you that like salty bite, you know? Mhm. Um, back when I was commuting and going to the gym, like on my way to work, I made these savory cookies that had Gouda, golden raisins. I feel like there was one other thing in there. So it was like kind of savory, but it was still a cookie. Mm -hmm. And so I could have something to eat.
0: Oh, that Dory Greenspan cookbook has, like, a whole section of savory cookies. Like, half of them have cheese in them. Like, I mean, they're, they're some of them are, like, crackers, you know, but they're definitely, like, this is, like, a whole section of this cookie cookbook that is just savory stuff. She is a saint. <laughs> she is. Like, every time I look up a recipe, I'm like, they're like, oh, this is from Dory Greenspan. And I'm like, of course it is. Of course yeah. it is. And you know it's going to be good. hmm Yeah. Yeah, she's, like, the cookie authority. Yeah. It, that, the thing with your cookies with the Gouda in them kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of this uh, recipe that a friend of mine made in college that was like a Gouda maple mac. So it was like maple syrup and Gouda cheese, but like as a macaroni and cheese. huh. And like, I remember hearing that and thinking it was like, I'm like, eh, I don't I don't know about this, but it was really good. And it's like the same thing where it's like something sweet in a savory dish and it's kind of mm-hmm. different, but it was really good. I mean, we're coming right back to, like, glazing carrots and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Do you remember when we had that argument with Matt where he's like, why are, why would you put salt in cookies? <laughs> no, I don't, but he <laughs> hates salt. And we were like, sit down, we're going to explain it.
0: His favorite cookie in the whole world is a plain oatmeal cookie. Okay. If you have a good oatmeal cookie recipe. Mm. like I love oatmeal cookies that get really crispy and kind mm. of molasses-y on the sides, you mm-hmm. know? And
1: almost like lacy. Yes. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned, like, you don't like thin Mm-hmm. Chocolate chip cookies and I agree like I like a gooey chocolate chip cookie unless it's like one of those really lacy thin thin chocolate chip
1: cookies yeah. that are like basically just
0: caramelized butter <laughs> and flour mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So this the King Arthur flour cookie companion It has the whole front section is essential recipes and so it's like here are four oatmeal cookie recipes chewy crunchy crispy and soft and it has so to give you like these four textures for each basic thing, and then variations, and then like a couple pages in, wow. salty oatmeal cookies. This is the one I make wow. all the time. And then it has the same thing for sugar cookies, and oh, these are the. Here's oh. one of the few bad notes I have in this book. Spread into horrible cookie Pangea. No clue why. <laughs> uh, that was horrible. I used the last of my good sanding sugar, and and it came out so bad. What a bummer. Yeah, but so yeah, so it has these essentials and they all have different textures. I'm going to make these soft molasses cookies um, later this week. Uh, Because I'm not super into chewy cookies. I don't dislike them, but they're not my favorite. I like
0: gooey. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily like chewy.
1: Yeah, well, there's there's a chewy one in here. Oh, soft. Rich with spices, piquant and sweet at the same time and wonderfully chewy. Perfect with a cold glass of milk or a hot cup of tea. So I'm going to try these. They sound good and Christmassy. I'm not a big molasses fan. There's some of it in those pumpkin cookies I was telling you about. and That it's, sounds
0: good, though. Yeah,
1: it's just enough. And so this has like half a cup, but I'm like, well, I'll try it. It's for other mm-hmm. people. I'm sure it's going to be good. Because um, I love brown sugar, so... You know, I...
0: I'm sure it's just one of those times where the the combinations I've had it in mm-hmm. just weren't for me. Yeah. But if it was like in something done really well, I would mm-hmm. like it. And maybe I just never had a really good molasses anything. Mm-hmm. okay. How do you feel about, before we move on, how do you feel about like meringue cookies and stuff like that? Macarons. Oh.
1: Like those are different, but that kind of texture. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, those are okay. I made some... uh, Around Halloween, I made these um, Bones of the Dead cookies. They're called like ossi de Morto or something. I don't... Obviously, I don't speak Italian, but it's like an (laughs) Italian All Saints Day thing. But um, we were watching two horror movies that had dogs in them. So I was like, I'll make those bone cookies. And yeah, they were like that where there's like kind of a crackly outer thing. And then on the inside, they're kind of cakey and really, mm-hmm. really light. I wasn't that into them.
0: Yeah. I'm not a huge
1: fan. They're just too sugary. There, there wasn't enough there.
0: They're good. If you're feeding people with like gluten allergies, cause a lot of them don't have yeah. uh flour in them. And I have had like some good ones, but I was just wondering how you felt about those. Mm-hmm. They are fun for making cute shapes and stuff, though. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah. You you knot them into these little bone shapes, and they come out all kind of like gross and ugly and <laughs> like fun. Um, my other controversial cookie opinion that I have argued with people about is I don't think M and M's or like candy belongs in cookies. I agree. I hate it. I think that cookies should be made of ingredients and not products. And I feel I think the same way about ice cream. Yeah,
0: I do not. I do not want candy chunks in anything. Like if I, I I'm not a big M&M fan to begin with. And most candy bars are too sweet for me. But it's like you're taking something that already it's the whole thing where like I don't like things being too sweet. Mm-hmm. So when you add candy bars to my cookie, it you're taking it overboard.
1: It's yep. too sweet. It's too much. It's too much. I agree. Yeah. And I love M&Ms. But m ms are for eating by the handful of at the movies, you know? <laughs> yeah, like,
0: I'd rather have chocolate chips and or peanut butter chips than, like, m ms in it.
1: Yeah. The, the, the
0: shell is not... I do, mm-mm. Pl- Plus, I hate the texture of biting into an m M&M m chocolate chip cookie
1: and, like, the shell is there. Mm-hmm. I do not like that. It's gross. And I also feel like the whole point of making cookies at home is so that I don't have, like, palm oil and artificial color... You know what I mean? Yes. Like, oh, I know what's in here. It's flour, sugar, butter, you know, whatever. And... No shade to eating chemicals, because obviously, yeah, like I said, I love M&Ms, but Mm -hmm. I don't need to put them in cookies. I feel like pretzels is like maybe... Oh, I do like
0: a pretzel and a cookie. I've made
1: potato chip cookies. Those are really good. That sounds good. That's a little different. I don't, I just, yeah, I don't think candy...
0: I don't feel like cookies should have something in them that have distinct pieces. Like like a shell. Yeah, yeah. Or like the layers of a snicker bar. I'm like, no, I don't want that in my cookie. Nope. Nope. I want the cookie to be that.
1: Several years ago, when I worked in an office, they had, um, like, the building had a holiday cookie recipe contest, and the thing that won one year was that thing where you take a mini pretzel, and you put a rollo on top, and you melt it, and you push it down with like half a pecan, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you've made hot candy. (laughs) Like, I mean, God bless you. I'm sure it tastes fine, but that's not really baking yeah you bought three ingredients at a store you bought three products at a store and put them in the oven and i was so mad that the next year i entered the those cardamom cookies like out of spite and i won and i was like yeah Aww. that's right that's what baking is
0: <laughs> it's like one of those things you do like if you're really pressed for time but you're you like told someone you bring something to a yeah. party and yeah. like i like no shade on that at all no but for like a competition i i can yeah i'm i'm sympathetic it's like i have i love like pre-made brownie mixes, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I wouldn't like bring it in and, and submit it to exactly. a competition. Yeah. Okay, we should move on, okay. even though I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> what is your weekly food obsession? Um, let me think.
1: Well, okay, so I mentioned I'm going to my family's for Christmas, and for some reason they do this thing on Christmas Eve where they get a huge pan of Italian beef and like rolls, and that's what they have for dinner
0: do they put the beef in the rolls yeah okay yeah they
1: make like sandwiches and i didn't back when i ate meat i didn't like it and i obviously i still don't like it but we're gonna get the uh seitan italian beef from the chicago diner and bring it with us and it's gonna be so good so i've been looking forward to that um i've been kind of excited lately because i've been bringing my like winter recipes out of rotation you know Mm -hmm. like or i guess back into rotation i mean um, and there's this Smitten Kitchen recipe, the miso sweet potato bowl. Have that you sounds made
0: amazing. It? I haven't.
1: You roast sweet potatoes and broccoli, and then you make this miso sesame oil dressing mm-hmm. and put the whole thing over rice.
0: That sounds amazing. It's
1: really good. And the dressing is so good. And sometimes I'll just make extra and then just have it with like baby carrots because oh. it's, yeah, it's real good.
0: Like broccoli is already so bitter. So roasting it, mm-hmm. like almost, especially if it gets kind of burnt, Mm-hmm it's it like a little more bitter but also not i yep. love roasted broccoli
1: <laughs> me too i it's one of those foods that like i can't be trusted around like if you left me in a room with a huge pan of roasted broccoli i would eat until i died <laughs> like yeah I, it yeah it turns black on the edges oh, a little gosh, bit or, i like, love dark. it oh so good yeah, yeah
0: that sounds amazing I love roasted sweet potato also. Sweet potato is one of those things I did not like growing up. Mm-hmm. And I've recently, like probably in like the last three or four years come around to. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh man, I was I was definitely missing out. Especially in savory context. Because I think i had only ever really had it in that weird dish where people put marshmallow on the top. Why would you do that to a sweet like, potato? Like I kind of understand why someone would do that. But I also kind of wish that wasn't the quintessential sweet potato dish. Yeah. Like sweet potato fries, I think, are what brought me back around yeah. to sweet potatoes. Man, sweet potato fries. And like chipotle mayo. <laughs> Yeah, so good.
1: the best. Oh, so good. Yeah, I did not eat vegetables growing up. So I was really, like, in my 20s before I knew anything about, like, what I liked or how to cook mm-hmm. anything. Um, and I'm like, I can't believe, I, like, I can't believe I didn't just eat sweet potatoes all the time when I was a kid. But nobody had ever made me try it.
0: It's also, like, your palate is definitely different when you're a child. Like, yeah. you're, you want sweet things because, like, you're wired to want sweet things. Mm-hmm. And so part of me is like, I understand why child me didn't appreciate this but man i could have been eating so many more delicious vegetables if i had only known yeah okay what are three foods
1: that you cannot live without well i'm just gonna say sweet (laughs) potatoes um my friend eliza gives me so much shit for this but i eat the same oatmeal for breakfast every single day year round and it is great I have a morning routine that I don't like to alter in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we put, we put the oatmeal and brown sugar and ground flaxseed and cinnamon and honey and a little salt in the rice cooker at bedtime and set it to go off in the morning.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I'm not a morning person. So I wake up and my breakfast is just there. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's really good. Um, so what do you I would- do
0: when you're traveling?
1: suffer <laughs> i mean no it's fine like like at cons or whatever i usually get like hotel breakfast or something yeah if I, or like on weekends we go out you know mm-hmm. on, on saturdays we go out you might have an egg yeah yeah lately i've been making my own avocado toast at the pick-me-up cafe <sighs> with a bagel you know smash the avocado mm-hmm. on there they used to not let you get because they have the the gold coin plate and it's like two eggs any style a, a breakfast meat and toast or a bagel and breakfast potatoes And when I stopped eating meat, I started asking for avocado slices instead of meat. And for a long time, they would just kind of, like, let me do it because I was a regular, but they Mm -hmm. weren't supposed to. And every time there'd be a new server, they'd be like, we can't do that. And I'd be like, go tell them it's me. And they would. But then they overhauled, like, the order, the, you know, the computer where you put in the order. And now you can choose avocado as a thing. And it's like Sarah's Law. (laughs) (laughs) You made it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You willed it into existence. Um. But yeah, okay. And what's the third thing I can't live without? Um maybe apples. I like a Honeycrisp apple for lunch. Those are good. Yeah. I mean, you can't get them year-round, but when you can, yeah. It's my favorite.
0: Yeah, we went apple picking for the or I went apple picking for the very first time in my life earlier this year. Uh-huh. And I got some Honeycrisp. They're very good. Not that I'd never had them before, but there uh-huh. was something about like picking it myself and buying yeah. it at the at the apple orchard that made it really special. Yeah. Yeah, and I got like so many. I got like five or six different kinds of apples, Uh-huh. and it was just really cool. Be like, oh, I see how these are different. Yeah, <laughs> And I see how this would be good for baking and this one wouldn't be.
1: I like doing that at the farmer's market where they just have all the different bins and they're all different shapes and sizes. One year when I made applesauce, because you're supposed to have the biggest variety for like the best flavor, and
0: mm-hmm. I just bought
1: like 25 pounds of whatever. And it was so good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Applesauce
0: is great because you really can throw anything in there. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. like an apple pie where you kind of want just the tart ones. Yeah. All right. What are three foods or a food that isn't healthy, but you really, really wish it
1: was? Okay. Weirdly, I wish that I could drink more coffee than I do without Mm. getting like... Jittery? Yeah. Because I know decaf exists and it's good, but... Sometimes you want an afternoon coffee so bad, you know, and I just mm-hmm. know that it'll ruin my day. And decaf still
0: has a little bit of caffeine it. Does, in it does,
1: and, it, you know, when I put sugar in it, it's just, <laughs> in general, not good. But if I could just, like, drink coffee all day without wanting to jump out a window, <laughs> I would. Sometimes when I'm going to bed at night, I'm like, I can't wait to wake up and have coffee.
0: I'm, like, right there with you. And I do kind of drink coffee all day. Like, I'm not, like, I don't drink a pot of coffee every day. But I do, I like. I would, like, I'm drinking it right now, and it's, yeah. like, 4 p.m. Yeah. Um, like, I really
1: love coffee. I wonder if I'll start to develop a tolerance, um, because I used to have, like, a mug of coffee, and now I have, like, a tall mug of coffee. It's been some years, and I've sort of, like, upgraded. Mm-hmm. My mom drinks probably two pots a day. Oh, my goodness. She has the metabolism of a hummingbird, and the... Personality of one, um, but she'll like if she can't sleep, she'll get up and just like have coffee at four in the morning and then go back to bed. Like it doesn't even phase her, which I don't really want because you, I, I like the to feel like it wakes me up. You mm-hmm. know, like I like to wake up and be sleepy and then have coffee and then mm-hmm. feel like okay, I'm ready to do work or whatever. But yeah, like, if I if I could have more coffee, that'd be great.
0: <laughs> and like I used to in college, I didn't really drink it unless I like wanted it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't drink coffee in the mornings. It wasn't really until, it was actually when I moved in with Hannah, uh-huh. our first guest, Hanley Stockdale. Uh, and she made it every morning and I was uh-huh. like, well, if it's here, I guess I'll drink it. Uh-huh. And now I drink it every single morning, but I didn't used to. And I kind of want to get back into the, like, I don't need this thing because I do not like being dependent on a thing. I just really, really like having like bitter bean water. <laughs> like, yep. I really just like, I love holding it in my hands and like smelling it. And I just love the, it's like, um, I love the ritual of it. Yes. Absolutely. It's more about the ritual. And I really feel like I should probably get more into drinking tea, mm-hmm. but if there's like a coffee that smells exactly and tastes exactly, or like a tea that smells mm-hmm. and tastes exactly like coffee, I would do
1: that. Yep. Yep. The, yeah. It's so about ritual. Cause I, I currently, I work from home and so like, I'll get my coffee and then I snuggle up on the couch and I get one or two cats in my lap and then I like check last night's Twitter and check Mm -hmm. my email. That's my like routine Mm -hmm. and have like how I ease into the day. (laughs) Like part of my,
0: one of my favorite things about weekends is usually on weekdays I'll make my coffee and I'll put it in a thermos and then I will drink it once I get to work. Like that's Mm kind of like what I do. So I'm not like drinking it first thing when I wake up. Like Mm -hmm. I also kind of roll out of bed and immediately go to work. That's Mm -hmm. just kind of how I function. Um, But on the weekends, like, I'll lay around in bed and then I'll finally make my coffee. And, like, I love to just sit on my couch, flip through a cookbook, uh-huh. drink my coffee, uh-huh. and I'm like, what do I want to bake this weekend? Right. I'm like, that's like my favorite weekend ritual, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is a favorite dish of yours?
1: Man, I've named so many. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sort of known among like some groups of my friends as just being really good at pizza. Really? Um, we make pizza every Thursday night, me and Tom. Mm-hmm. And it's like a thing. Um, and I have, i people are going to think I like work for King Arthur flour. I don't. <laughs> I'm just a big fan of their scientific approach to baking. Uh, yeah, but I have their pizza dough recipe that has, it's like half all-purpose flour, half semolina. You put a little bit of Parmesan in there. And then instead of water, you use beer. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. And yeah, so I have like the Brussels sprouts one I mentioned, and let's see, we make, sometimes we'll make fake meat lovers, which will have seitan sausage and seitan bacon. Mm. Um, Or like, you know, we just have a bunch of different ones.
0: Uh, Kevin Budnick had told me that you had done a vegan one that had something on it that imitated Parmesan, and I don't remember what he said it was. Um, But he said you guys made him a really good vegan pizza a couple weeks
1: back. uh, Yeah, so... So yeah, Kevin came over, because um, we did a thing in October where every weekend we watched horror movies and had friends over, and <laughs> Kevin happened to be over the night before the marathon, so Tom needed to carbo-load. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to make a bunch of pizzas, and I have to make them vegan. Well, I don't have to, but I, you know, I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a fun challenge, and I looked up all these recipes, and there was this one where you toast breadcrumbs oh. um, and sprinkle that on top. I think it was panko. That you like, you know, toast so it gets kind of brown and nutty and sprinkle that on. And one had this, um, Romesco sauce. It was from Post Punk Kitchen. So it was like, uh, I think there were some almonds and roasted red peppers and oil and, you know, whatever. Like, so it makes this, like, kind of creamy red sauce. And that was really good. That's awesome. That sounds really fun. It was fun. Yeah, I made a potato one and then a sweet potato one. And then there was one that was just like tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. And th- I think that was the one that had the, the breadcrumbs on it. I had, we had three friends over and I made four pizzas. <laughs> How big are they usually? Um, like maybe 12 by 8. Okay. Pretty thin. Yeah. But I wanted to make sure Tom had plenty to eat mm-hmm. before the marathon and then leftovers the next day, which we did have. So. I feel like pizza leftovers are always really good too.
0: Yeah. yeah, I feel like anything, especially stuff with like tomato-based sauces, like lasagna or spaghetti or chili or pretty much anything like that, mm-hmm. just the next day, mm-hmm. just ten times better. Mm-hmm. Cool. My dad always made pizza growing up. Um, like when, not him when he was growing up, yeah, when, when I was growing it. up. Yeah. Um, and when I first moved to Chicago, like because I knew it was like he literally just buys those Pillsbury hot roll like pre-made mixes, okay, and then uses that for the pizza dough. Interesting. And I like I knew that but like I couldn't find it anywhere here and I was like I really am craving my dad's pizza. Like I know I can I knew what like cheese it was, I knew what sauce it was. I found those, but like I couldn't find the the hot roll mix and it's because here it's like the box is a different color. Uh-huh. For some reason in the Midwest it's just a completely different colored box and When I finally found it, I was so excited. I could have cried. Like, and I made it the next day and it was just like, oh, it's just like my dad's pizza. And it's not even like the best pizza. It's just, that's just how my dad made it. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Three favorite restaurants. Uh, the Pick Me Up Cafe.
1: It is where I'm on the menu. I'm not really, but I, I changed the law about avocados. It's, um, just across the street from our apartment and we go there all the time. Um... We were there yesterday (laughs) Uh, and it's just great. And the food is like pretty good, but I just feel comfortable there. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go to a place enough where it just kind of feels like an extension of your home. Yes. I love it. And it just has a really good atmosphere. I really like the Chicago diner, although we haven't been getting it as much lately. They used to have this sweet potato quesadilla. Oh, I think I've had that. Yeah. They don't make it anymore. Oh, bummer. Um, But it is really good. And it's also really close to our place. And our favorite, like, slightly fancy place is Uncommon Ground.
0: Um, I haven't been there. I don't think I've even heard of that one.
1: It's at Clark and Grace. And they have a rooftop farm, which is the smallest certified organic farm in the United States. I read an article (laughs) about it. Uh, So they grow, like, herbs and vegetables up there. And everything, like, for the most part is organic. Like, on the menu, they'll tell you what farm it comes from and Mm -hmm. everything. I love stuff like that. Yeah. And it's not as expensive as you might think it is. Mm -hmm. Um... And for like the value you get and how the servers are like super nice, and you just feel like fancy, like it's we go there on dates, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, everything I've had there is really good, and they like a couple years ago opened a brewery, oh, cool. and all their beers are really good. And they, I, we're we're trying to decide if we're gonna go there uh, on New Year's because they do like a prefix three course thing, um, and it's really good.
0: That sounds good.
1: Yeah, on Common Ground the best, and. Weirdly, despite where it is, even on Cubs game days... Cubs fans just like, don't go there. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. just like a little too nice for them or what, but like you can, we'll be walking there and we'll see 300 drunk Cubs fans and then we'll get inside and it's like a normal restaurant <laughs> and it's not full of idiots.
0: It was the first time I ever went to Big Jones was a lot like that. There was like a street festival going on. Yes. On the street that, that uh-huh. it was on. Yeah. And yeah. I had been dying to go there because you told me about it. And I was like, oh, I have my friend live from North Carolina's here and we just need to do this because one, mm-hmm. I really wanted Southern food, but also I... I really like to go to southern restaurants in non-southern cities and just, like, see, see yeah, how yeah. they are. And it was really good. Yeah. Uh, but, like, no one was there. Uh-huh. We couldn't park there. We had to, like, figure out where to park. Um, and then I took my parents there when they visited. And they were also like, this is really good. Yeah. I love when my parents visit Chicago because, like, where they live, it's just a lot of, like, olive garden... Steakhouses and like there are some like really good restaurants like that are like locally owned But they're really hard to find and you have to drive really far to get to them and like here. It's like there's so many and it's just so much fun to like take my parents to a restaurant I really like and have them try a thing that they hadn't had in years or had never yeah. had before at all. Or like be like, this looks weird. I don't know if I want this. And then they're like, this was really good. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things when they visit. Yeah. But yeah, Big Jones is great. And that was one that you had recommended to me. It's so. so good.
1: And they treat vegetarians really well there. They do. Yeah. They have that like colored green sandwich. That's mm-hmm. like usually you go to a southern place or... They make collard greens, they make it in bacon fat. They do, whatever. yes. But not at Big Jones because they take care of you. And So it's like collard greens and cheese on like these cornbread cakes mm-hmm. sandwich. That it's sounds so amazing. Good. Yeah.
0: Everything's good. Like the mac and cheese is good. Mm-hmm. The, the hush puppies are good. The cornbread is good. It's all good. So good. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. and like, yeah. Uh, okay. What was your favorite childhood
1: food? And by food, childhood food, I mean like shitty childhood food. Um, that's the only kind of food I had. Right <gasps> so as I said, I didn't eat vegetables. Um, I was real picky and my parents didn't push me to like try anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, so we ate fast food exclusively from the time I was probably like eight until I left for college. Oh my. Um. So, and my mom worked and still works at uh, McDonald's like three blocks from our house. And so... I like french fries and I could still I could fuck myself up on french fries to this day <laughs> they're just the best um but she would sometimes if she was like I'm just gonna bring dinner home and she would instead of getting like fries in the carton she would take like a happy meal bag and just like fill it with fries
0: it was like like a Five Guys
1: <laughs> yes exactly exactly oh I was so excited when I took her to Five Guys one time when she visited I was like these fries are gonna blow your mind and they did yeah, she was, yeah. it was that thing where she's like I've never heard of this place and I'm like just you wait <laughs> um but yeah i was i mean i was exclusively like hot dogs french fries and like cookies <laughs> and the cookies continue yeah but like store cookies like yeah. chips ahoy or oreos or
0: i still love an oreo i'm not a big chips ahoy fan anymore
1: but oreos are still oreos are my dad's favorite yeah
0: oreos are so good
1: yeah my dad has a major sweet tooth and so It'd be a thing where, like, okay, we'll buy... If we go to the store on Sunday and buy Oreos, like, they will be gone by Tuesday. So it's kind of like you have to be careful, because I didn't learn a lot of willpower from my parents. But, you know, it's it's fine. It's good. But, um, which is part of why I try to bake cookies, because then at least I have to do the work That's before I can eat 30 of exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Like,
0: if I want something bad for me, I have to at least put in the work Yeah. to... To get the bad thing,
1: yeah, <laughs> and then
0: hopefully share it with others yes. and not eat all of by myself. All right, um, fave childhood food memory. There are so many. I don't know. What you do could
1: you have think? more than one if you want. Okay, this is it's it's McDonald's again. But there was a time <laughs> we we got Happy Meals, and my family went and like ate it in the park as a picnic. Uh huh. And I just remember like the chicken nuggets dunked in the, those little packets of honey with the foil top. And, like, chicken nuggets and honey never tasted as good before or since. I must have been, like, six, five or six. And that McDonald's honey is really legit. Like, it's (laughs) really good. I don't know. It was, like, summer. It was just really nice.
0: That sounds so nice.
1: Yeah. Oh, and my my grandmother would make hush puppies, Mm -hmm. like, from scratch. And those were so good. I feel really bad because both of my grandmothers were really good cooks, but I was so picky as a kid. I didn't know yeah um my grandma my mom's mom the one who made hush puppies would make beef stew and everyone in my family liked it but as a kid I just didn't like meat Mm -hmm. and I just wasn't into it except hot dogs yeah I didn't like like actual meat you know what I mean (laughs) like I like hot dogs and then I came around to hamburgers when I was about nine but there's this funny story about how my dad is you know super handy and if something would break at my grandparents house They'd call and say, can, you know, can Kevin come fix this?" And he'd say like, yeah, well, why don't you make beef stew and I'll come over and fix it and we'll have dinner. And so there's a story about one time when like the, the toilet backed up or I don't remember what it was that happened. And my grandma just went in the kitchen and started peeling potatoes. <laughs> she knew. And I think that's just like the cutest story. It's so quintessentially her and my dad, just like it's very practical problem solving, you know, like this is the cost. But yeah, I wish that I had learned more about cooking from them when I had the chance Mm -hmm. you know I think that like our generation I mean it's like an asshole but like we don't value it as much like culturally as we should um so like my mom didn't learn as much as she could have from her parents and then I didn't learn anything Mm -hmm. um and that's not like to criticize her you know when she was working so it just it was different like the whole reality of it was different but, like, everything I know about cooking I had to learn from, like, books. You know? Yeah. And I think that's sad. I think that, like, because it's such a good... It makes you feel powerful. Yeah. And it's such a good community thing. Yes. Like, but that's not, that's not a skill I would have had when I was first on my own. You yeah. Know? So it's really important to me to have that now. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I think um, a lot of kids coming up now... Like, even if their parents don't show them, there's, like, a wealth of stuff online, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, you you can find anything on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I know that, like, not every kid has access to the internet and access to YouTube, but I think a lot of kids... Like, there's a lot of stuff, like, I've learned how to do just through YouTube, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's really cool. My parents were pretty good about teaching me stuff, but most of, like, the stuff I've learned was on my own still, just because I was also, like, a really picky eater, or, like, I just didn't care that much. And just a lot of, like, me growing up was a lot of, like, eating healthy. So I had, like, a really, like, negative relationship with food in relationship mm-hmm. to my parents. And I'm, like, coming back around to, like, I feel like I, for, like, the first time in my life probably had, like, a really positive relationship with food and I, like, really want to share things with my parents. And mm-hmm. that's really nice. And yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. What's a food that you didn't like as a kid but you like now?
1: all of them (laughs) basically anything that doesn't come from a drive-through um but yeah i think the thing i've most recently come around on is cruciferous vegetables
0: like what what are those oh
1: broccoli cauliflower brussels sprouts Mm -hmm. yeah like even brussels sprouts is probably like the last five years i've learned how good those are and cauliflower i used to think was just worse broccoli and now i love it yeah. I, I heard that it's because your taste buds start to die as you get older so you like things that taste bad to kids.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: that's why you like bitter things when you're old and, you know.
0: Because they have more flavor?
1: Yeah. And like the yeah, something like that.
0: So that is gonna be the end. Actually, wait, one more question. Mm-hmm. What's something you want to try to make in the future? The
1: nearby future. Okay, well, I'll tell you. So you as you have picked up, I like to do themes when I have, like, you know, like make bone cookies for dog movies, um, and <laughs> Tom and I uh, and our friends want to watch this uh, the the Red, White, and Blue trilogy. The um, I'm totally blanking on the director's name, and I'm going to look like an idiot, but it's fine. But they're Polish and French, but he's a Polish director, and so I want to learn to make Punchki? Po- Is that how oh, you pronounce it? Punchkis? Po- po- something po- like that. I know it's the donuts, right? The little cookie things. Wait,
0: I'm thinking of Punchkis, the donuts. You're thinking of something different it's one of those words yes
1: whatever it is i want to learn to make it i've never even tried um but i want yeah i want to make polish cookies i think that'll be a fun like learning experience yeah
0: that yeah. sounds awesome so good luck thanks <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, for thank the you. Podcast. This is great. Yeah. I can talk about
1: cookies for like six more hours. Oh, yeah, me too. Bonus <laughs> content. Patreon subscribers only. <laughs> I need to make a Patreon. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. So, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, I'm on Twitter at Yellow Cardigan, and uh, that's pretty much it. That's where you should go. <laughs> okay. Yellow Cardigan on
0: Twitter. Uh huh. All right. Perfect. And again, I'm Lauren Jordan, your host. You can find me on Twitter at loremj J L O R E M. E-M-J-A-Y or online at laurenjordan.net. Thanks so much for listening and happy eating. Thanks again for listening to Amuse Bush Podcast. The podcast is recorded and edited by me, Lauren Jordan. The intro music is by Christine Tuna. You can follow her on Twitter at Christine Tuna, Christine with a K, Tuna like the fish, or visit her website at christinetuna.com. Tuna is spelled T-H-U-N-E.com. The outro music is by Chris Smith, who creates music as Luno. You can follow him on Twitter at Luno Land or listen to his music at lunomusic.com. And happy eating.